Hi, welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Kay. Hi, and my name is Teresa. And we are going to continue reading from Dr. David Jeremiah's Hope, Living Fearlessly in a Scary World. The calling is usually followed by objections from the person called, many of them born out of fear of failure. Moses responded to his call by saying, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Exodus 3.11 Even after God's assurances of success, Moses continued to object. Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. That is so like God of who he uses for what he needs done. I think it's because we relate to people like that. Right. I don't have that experience. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So when God called Gideon to fight against the Midianites, his initial response was similar. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house, from Judges 6.15. When God called Jeremiah to speak words of prophecy to God's people, Jeremiah's objection follows the same pattern. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth, from Jeremiah 1.6. Obviously, the fear of failure is not a modern phenomenon. It is a timeless human fear. Some of God's choicest servants through the ages displayed this fear in spite of God's promises of success. Their stories provide insight into how God responds to human fears. In every case, he draws alongside his servant with assurance and affirmation. Nowhere is God's concern for a fearful servant, more evident than in Joshua 1, where he prepares Joshua to lead Israel after the death of Moses. In this chapter, I will focus mainly on this call and its accompanying assurance because here all the principles scattered throughout the other call narratives come together in an organized step-by-step strategy for dealing with the fear of failure. The theme of Joshua's call is transition, the transition of Israel's leadership from Moses to Joshua. To fully appreciate the magnitude of this transition, we must remember the greatness of Moses. He is certainly the most revered figure in Judaism, and he ranks among the greatest men in history. An entire generation of Israelites followed Moses out of slavery into the wilderness. Deuteronomy 34 tells how he died at the ripe age of 120, still a sharp and vigorous man. Israel had seen no other prophet of Moses' caliber, a man so close to God, so endowed with God's miraculous power. They had seen him raise his staff as God parted the waters of the Red Sea. They had seen him stand up to Pharaoh and call down bread from the heaven. They had waited at the base of the mountain as God dictated his Ten Commandments to him. The book of Exodus makes a statement about Moses that is not said of any other person in Scripture. 
The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend from Exodus 33:11. On one on more than one occasion, Moses even spent 40 days on a mountain in fellowship with him. God grants this kind of intimacy only to those who desire it. Moses belonged to an inner circle of people who enjoyed holy intimacy with God. The people would grumble against Moses, but in the end, they would always follow him, for they knew he was God's man. His leadership filled them with frustration at first, then deeper devotions. And when the great man finally died, they wept in the plains of Moab for 30 days. There's no question Moses would have been a hard act to follow. That was the call to greatness that thrust it upon Joshua. Moses' death came at a perilous time in Israel's history. The previous generation had been too fearful to put their hope in God's promise of victory and refused to enter the promised land at its very border. That entire generation had died off during 38 years of wandering in the wilderness. Now, an all-new generation was gathered on the east bank of the Jordan River, ready to cross over and take possession of the promised land. They were ready to step out in faith and claim their home. But it wasn't going to be easy. It never is. For one thing, after four decades of peace, the Israelites hadn't fought a serious battle for 40 years. The Canaanites they would soon face were to be tall, sturdy, battle-hardened warriors who made the Israelite spies feel like grasshoppers in comparison. <laughs> From Numbers 13.33. The enemy waited behind strong, fortified walls. They even had horses and chariots from Joshua 17.6. Then there was a problem of food. The people had grown accustomed to receiving manna from the hand of God at their doorstep each morning. Now, as we read in Exodus 16.35 and Joshua 5.12, the manna would cease and the Israelites would be responsible for cultivating food from the land. How would you like to have been Joshua, taking the reins of leadership from someone like Moses at such a critical time? If you had been called in as a consultant to help Joshua prepare for his new role, what would your counsel have been? Actually, Joshua did have a consultant, God himself. God delivered to Joshua one of the greatest motivational speeches I've ever read. His words have often encouraged me at times of great personal challenge. If you are afraid about your future, if you are being called to a new assignment that seems beyond your abilities, or if you just need encouragement to continue on in whatever God has called you to do, you too will find courage as you study God's charge to Joshua in the face of his greatest challenge. We'll explore six powerful principles from Joshua to send you forth as a conqueror rather than a hostage to your own fear of failure. If today were your last day, where would you spend eternity? It's your choice.